the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. As we read through the book of Genesis and into Exodus, we see that the lifespans of people in the book of Genesis, that they decline over time. The farther you get away from Adam, the shorter the lifespan. In fact, they decline dramatically right after the flood in Genesis chapter 7. That suggests that the environment on the earth before the flood contributed to the longevity of mankind. Does it ever feel like there's not enough time in the day? The older we get, the faster time flies. But what if the first hundred years was just the start? Pastor Dad reminds us in today's message that in the beginning, humans lived much longer. Try ten times longer. So why is our average lifespan gone down so significantly, even though we're more technologically advanced? Because of sin. When sin entered the world, death did as well. No matter how well you live your life, sin is still your nature. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 5 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. chapter 5, and we're actually, we're going to cover uh, the whole chapter because Genesis chapter 5 is a genealogy, and I can hear some of you groaning right now, uh, and you're thinking, I usually skip the genealogies in the Bible because they're so boring to read. Well, they can be boring, but a genealogy is not boring if it's your genealogy, right? If it's about your family history, then you are interested in what it has to say. You know, a couple years ago, my uh, sister did one of those DNA kits through Ancestry.com to find out who our relatives are and if we're related to some royal family somewhere. And guess what she found out? She found out that we're related to our other sister who actually did one of those DNA kits through Ancestry.com as well. So not much there. Well, here in Genesis chapter 5, we have what is really your genealogy and my genealogy because it is the genealogy of all mankind. Our our ancestry goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 5. And as I said, we're going to cover the whole chapter, but I'm only going to read the first five verses of chapter 5 because after all, it is a genealogy. So let's just dig in here, the first five verses. This is the book of the genealogy of Adam. In the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created the male and female and blessed them and called them mankind. In the day that they were created, 
And Adam lived 130 years and begot a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. After he begot Seth, the days of Adam were 800 years and he had sons and daughters. So all the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. And we'll stop there, but the genealogy continues on through the rest of the chapter. Well, the the purpose of this genealogy is to connect the line from Adam to Noah. From Adam to Noah. There's a total of 10 generations listed in this genealogy between Adam and Noah. Uh, Over in chapter 11 of Genesis, we have another genealogy that connects the lineage from Noah's son Shem down to Abraham. And so when you take these two chapters together, chapter 5 and chapter 11, and you look at the genealogies, you can trace the lineage from Adam to Noah to Abraham. Remember in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, there was this promise that God would send a savior, the seed of the woman who would crush the head of the serpent. And I mentioned at that time that The Bible is kind of like this big puzzle and we're given pieces of the puzzle that are going to reveal to us who this Savior is. And we know that the Savior is Jesus Christ. And so now Genesis is drawing a line through history here, going from Adam to Noah and down to Abraham and and onward beyond Abraham, as we're going to see in the coming months. But it's, it's leading us, this thread is leading us to this Savior, the seed of the woman who will crush the head of the serpent that we know is Jesus Christ. And what I want to do today is just make some, some general observations about this genealogy. Uh, but first of all, there are a, a couple things that, that we need to address right up front. First of all, there is the longevity of those listed. For example, verse 3 says, Adam was 130 years old when he begot his son Seth. Verse 5 says, Adam lived a total of 930 years. All of the people that are listed in chapter 5 lived very long lives, 10 times longer than our lifespan today. So what do we make of these ages in Genesis chapter 5? Well, we can take these ages to be literally true and something that, that we can't explain, but they're true, they're literal. That's one option. Or some have suggested that they are not to be taken literally, that they are symbolic numbers in some way, or that they didn't count years the way that we count years today, that they mean something different by years here. Uh, Or some have suggested that these are really the number of months that people live, not the number of years they lived, but the number of months. That's actually a, a pretty popular explanation for the ages here in Genesis chapter 5. One problem with that, one problem with referring to months and not years, is that that would mean that Adam and Eve were only 10 years old when Seth was born. 
And down in verse 21, Enoch, he would have been five when he fathered Methuselah. Uh, So it doesn't seem to be talking about months here. In fact, there's nothing in the text that suggests that these are not literal numbers. Uh, The only reason that people suggest they are not literal is because we cannot explain such long lives compared to our lifespan today. And so people say, well, that that can't mean what it looks like it means. You know, for me personally, there's a lot of things in the Bible that I can't explain. I I can't explain the virgin birth, for example. There's a lot of things in the Bible that I I, I can't explain to you, but I believe they're true, just as they're written in the Bible. I I don't have a problem. I don't have a hang-up with things that that I, I, I don't understand completely. I can't explain completely. I don't dismiss things in the Bible just because I can't explain them. So I, I, I personally believe these ages are literal, and I take them as literal ages. And, uh, you know, scientists who believe in Genesis and take Genesis literally, uh, they have given several explanations for the longer lifespans that we find here in the book of Genesis. Uh, you know, initially man was created to have eternal life and to live with God in the garden forever. And when Adam sinned, the Bible tells us it was at that point that death entered the human race. So death and genetic mutation were introduced to the human race at the fall. There was no genetic mutation initially. Mankind's DNA was uncorrupted. That may explain the longer lifespan that we find. Uh, as, as we read through the book of Genesis and into Exodus, we see that the lifespans of people in the book of Genesis, that they decline over time. The farther you get away from Adam, the shorter the lifespan. In fact, they decline dramatically right after the flood in Genesis chapter 7. That suggests that the environment on the earth before the flood contributed to the longevity of mankind. And so there's a lot of scientific explanations that are offered as to explain why they had such long lives uh, right after the creation and before the flood. There's a lot you can read about that uh, on, on your own. You can go to Answers in Genesis. Uh, their website has several articles about that if you, if you want to dig into that. I take the numbers literally. Again, I don't have a problem with these longer lifespans that we find here in Genesis 5. I have eternal life through Jesus Christ. I've got a pretty long lifespan as well. I'm going to live forever because of Jesus Christ. So 900 years of life at some point in eternity, that's, that's not going to seem very long to those of us that have eternal life. Now a second matter that we need to address is the fact that the age of each person is in the genealogy. The age of each person is given in the genealogy. Notice that the text tells us that Adam was 130 years old when he begot Seth. And then it says that Seth lived 105 years and begot Enosh. Enosh lived 90 years and begot Canaan and so on, all the way through the entire 
chapter, we're told how old each person was when he begot his son. Now over in chapter 11, in the genealogy that we find in chapter 11, we find the very same pattern. The age is given when they begot their son. And you're probably thinking, okay, so what? Why point that out? Well, the reason I point this out is because this pattern is something that is unique to these two genealogies in chapter 5 and in chapter 11. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m. I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. The age of each person when they begot their descendant appears in no other genealogy in the Bible, and it appears nowhere else in any ancient Near Eastern literature. The ages are only in the genealogies found in chapter 5 and chapter 11. There's many other genealogies in the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, but this is the only one that includes the age at which each person became a father of the next one in the line. And so the question is, what was God's purpose in including these ages? The ages aren't needed to communicate the lineage. So what is God communicating by including the age of each person in the genealogy? Well, I can tell you since before the time of Jesus Christ, so we're going back to B.C., Bible interpreters have thought the ages were included for the purpose of calculating the age of the earth. To use them for a chronological calculation of the age of the earth. Uh, If you add up the ages in the genealogy, starting with Adam and combine them with a few other dates that are included elsewhere in the scriptures, uh, and you do the calculation you will calculate the age of the earth to be around 6,000 years old, give or take. Uh, You probably have heard of uh, young earth creationists. Uh, Young earth creationists believe the earth is, is young, not millions or billions of years old, but thousands of years old, And and they get that because of these calculations that can be made just using the data that's in the scriptures, just using the data that's in the Bible. And you come up with an earth that is 6,000 years old or so. Some Bibles actually have in the margin of the Bible dates dating the age of the earth or as you're reading through uh, the Bible, giving you a date of when these events took place in the margin 
For example, if you have the old Schofield Bible, the old Schofield Bible in the center column at the top of the center column has these dates and shows that the creation took place in 4004 BC, about 6,000 years ago. The Schofield Bible uses calculations that were made by Archbishop James Usher back in the 1600s. And he just used the information, the data that was in the scriptures to come up with these calculations uh, using the, the genealogies in chapters 5 and 11 and a few other passages, and you're able to calculate the age of the earth. Now, as I mentioned, this was the consensus view among Bible interpreters going all the way back to before the time of Christ. And this was the consensus view all the way up until the late 19th century, early 20th century, when people began to believe the earth was millions of years old or even billions of years old. Uh, So this was the consensus view among the church or among believers for thousands of years until pretty recent history. Some have tried to put gaps into this genealogy to accommodate millions of years uh, of history. But the language here in this chapter and in chapter 11, the language in the genealogies doesn't really allow for gaps in the record. If you remember back when we were studying Genesis chapter 1 and we were looking at the creation account And we talked about the meaning of the word day. And I mentioned that some people have interpreted the word day to mean an age, a period of time that could be millions of years. And that the word day in the creation account is not to be taken literally. And I mentioned at that time that linguistically the word day has to mean day. It it can't be speaking of an age. Well, the same thing is true here with these genealogies. Uh, There's no gaps in these genealogies. There's there's no way that there can be gaps in these genealogies linguistically because of what it says. And there's more we could say about that. We don't really have the time right now. You can dig into that on your own. So now let's let's just kind of get into the text and let's make some uh, observations about the chapter. Look at verse 1. Verse 1 begins by saying, this is the book of the genealogy of Adam. The book of the genealogy of Adam. The only other time that phrase is used is in Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, where we have the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And so there's a connection made between these two genealogies that we have here in Genesis 5 and in Matthew 1. There's a connection made between Adam and Jesus Christ, which makes sense because Jesus is called the last Adam. And the Bible tells us that you are born into the first Adam's family, and then you're born again into the family of the last Adam, Jesus Christ. There's two families here, so there's two genealogies. There's the first Adam and the last Adam, or Jesus Christ. Look at verse 3. It says, And Adam lived 130 years 
and begot a son, notice, in his own likeness, and named him Seth. If you remember from chapter 1, Adam was created in the image of God, but here we see Seth was created in the image of Adam. Adam's descendants are made in the image of both God and in the image of Adam. In other words, Adam's descendants, including us, inherited Adam's fallen nature. We are all sinners like Adam. We're all made in Adam's image. We're a chip off the old block. And we have his sin nature. In Romans chapter 5 verse 12 it says, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world and death through Adam's sin. And death spread to everyone because everyone sins. What that means is we all inherited the sin gene from Adam. And the Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. And so we all die. Hebrews tells us that we each have an appointment with death. Every one of us. Hebrews says it is appointed unto man once to die. And then comes the judgment. We have an appointment with death. And an appointment with the judgment of God. The good news is Jesus Christ came and he died for us in our place as our substitute to conquer death for us, to defeat the grave, and to give us everlasting life. That's the good news. 1 Corinthians 15.22 says, Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. In Adam we die, in Christ we are made alive. That's the good news of the gospel. Jesus put it this way in the gospel of John. I'll just read it to you. But in John chapter 11, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus asked the question. Though we may die, we shall live. We have everlasting life, resurrected life through Jesus Christ. As you look through this chapter and this genealogy, we see a sad refrain repeated with each person. And that sad refrain is, and he died. Look at what it says about Adam in verse 5. It says, so all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. We see with Seth in verse 8, and he died, and he died, and he died. That's the story of every generation. Every generation was born in the likeness of Adam and lived and and died in the likeness of Adam. After the fall, death reigned over mankind and death continues to reign over mankind. And he died is still the sad refrain for every person, for all of mankind. But the resurrection of Jesus Christ gives us hope, living hope, beyond death. The sad refrain ends with the empty tomb. When Jesus Christ rose from the grave, death was defeated for us. Death no longer has the final word in our story. Death has been swallowed by the victory that Jesus Christ provided for us through his death and resurrection. He asked me how I know. 
We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan is continuing to teach through the book of Genesis, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. If you'd like to hear this message again or to listen to additional teachings from Pastor Dan, you're welcome to visit our website at calvaryec.com. Once there, you can listen to or download a wide range of previous broadcasts. Otherwise, simply subscribe to our podcast. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you might be. This can be advantageous for those who are on the go much of the time. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life. So please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. We'd also really like to know how we can be praying for you. So when you call, don't be afraid to share your prayer requests with us. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you. Ring of Truth is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. We hope you'll make sure to join us again as Pastor Dan continues teaching in this series through the book of Genesis. We look forward to the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.